Yo, what is up? Welcome to Ambitious. My name is Dylan Price. So today's guest is Cedric Wilcott, but first we're going to talk a little bit about where the free agent quarterback dominoes will fall, also some draft quarterback dominoes as well, and how the quarterback market is going to shape up this offseason. But first, a word from our sponsors, then a little bit of QB talk, and then an interview with NFL draft prospect and hard-hitting beast of a defensive end, Cedric Wilcott. It's a great episode. Enjoy. Ladies and gentlemen, this NFL free agency and NFL draft period is going to be filled with a lot of quarterback talk, specifically because the GOAT, the greatest of all time, and the Jets are its rival, so obviously I'm a little biased here on wanting him to leave, but the GOAT is on the market, Tom Brady, along with Jameis Winston, Phillip Rivers, Ryan Tannehill, Marcus Mariota, um... A lot of talented quarterbacks on the market. Cam Newton could be on the trading block. Joe Burrow, Tua Tagovailoa, and Justin Herbert and Jordan Love are among some of the top quarterback draft prospects as well. Teddy Bridgewater on the market. Taysom Hill technically on the market. Dak Prescott's contract is up. So I'm going to rattle off names, maybe not all of those guys I just said, and kind of where I think they could go and a little bit of an explanation why as free agency approaches. Next week, I'll probably do a little bit more of free agency rumor talk some more predictions and maybe more accurate predictions on this because these are just kind of speculations at this point and probably my combine rankings along with an interview with an NFL draft prospect that I hope everybody enjoys. Um, so starting with the GOAT, Tom Brady, this is probably the hardest one and probably the hardest one to predict because it's the first domino that's going to fall. He did sell his house in Massachusetts in his mansion, but he also bought a house in Connecticut, so it's not that um, accurate of a, I guess, correlation to put together. Um, I really don't know. I, I want to say I know, and I think it's down to three teams or four teams. Um, I think New England's 100% in it. I think New England is still the favorite and probably where he ends up where could I see him going if he doesn't go back to New England? Because I'm not going to make a vivid prediction, or not a vivid prediction, a um, legitimate prediction here, because I don't want to stick my neck out and then see, eh, I'll do it anyways. I think he ends up back in New England, but if he doesn't, I see him in Tennessee, Las Vegas, or or Los Angeles with the Chargers. Um, overall, I see him heading back to New England, but if he doesn't, I see him in Tennessee. So that's my prediction. If he stays, it's New England, obviously. But if he leaves, it's uh, it's going to be Tennessee, I think, with Vrabel. Um, maybe next week I'll have a more accurate prediction, like exact where I think he's going to go. But at this point, I think if I had to bet money, I'd say New England. Um, after rambling about Brady for a sec, I do have my other predictions, and these are a little more um, accurate. Phillip Rivers, I think he ends up in Tampa Bay. I think he moved to Florida. He's older now. A lot of old people like to move to Florida, so I think that's where Phillip Rivers is heading. Um, in all seriousness, Phillip Rivers is likely the right quarterback for Bruce Arians in that system. Um, he's reminiscent to Carson Palmer and what Bruce Arians had when he was with Arizona. I think that that team is wasting years away by investing in Rivers rather than investing in Winston and trying to fix his issues with turnovers, but um, I could, I definitely see Phillip Rivers 
um, heading there. If he doesn't head there, I see him in Indianapolis with the Colts and trying to make a push at a ring. But I think if I had to say a stick-my-neck-out prediction, i say Tampa Bay just because I have a gut feeling about it. Uh, Dak Prescott definitely heading back to Dallas. I don't see another way he doesn't. I think the contracts could draw out a little bit, and at the worst, it could be a Kevin Durant type thing from a couple years ago where it's like a shocking move, but I can't see him leaving Dallas unless Jerry Jones gets all hogged up on Johnny Walker and offers Tom Brady a record-breaking deal for him to be their quarterback for two years. But I see him investing in Dak and investing in Amari Cooper, probably letting Byron Jones, their star corner and freak athlete corner, walk. Jameis Winston, um, I'm very high on Jameis Winston. I actually, after watching him this season, I think that if he works with the right quarterback coach or right coach overall, he could definitely cut down on some of those turnovers. And I think the LASIK eye surgery is actually going to do more than a lot of people think. He was also playing hurt for most of the year. Um, a lot of people think of him as a joke um, for a lot of what he said in the past. But he led the league in yards this year. He dominated in touchdowns. Yes, he had 30-plus interceptions. But he really... His stats are a lot on pace with where Peyton Manning was at this time. Obviously, Jameis Winston and Peyton Manning are very different quarterbacks. But statistically, if Winston can cut down on turnovers, which is a big if, he could be a very talented quarterback. I see him ending up in Indianapolis. I think Brissett, or Jacoby Brissett and Jameis Winston would be a good quarterback battle. And I think that um, him versus Brissett would be good for both sides. I think Winston would have to step it up a little bit and limit the turnovers, and Brissett would have to see if he really could earn the job. Um, I could even still see them drafting a quarterback if they don't get Winston. Jordan Love is definitely a possibility here. I think Love's very talented. He's definitely a guy I'm very high on. I think if you look at a lot of his stats, um, his first season was a lot better than his second, or well, his two years ago versus last this past year. This past year, he didn't have a lot of talent around him, so he was just trying to hope for the best. And he was playing in a small school where he was an exceptional player, so he couldn't really see wide receivers with a lot of separation and make those throws. So he really struggled this year. Um, so he threw a lot of interceptions and really didn't have the best numbers. But overall, he's a talented quarterback, and I think that he'd be a good fit in Indianapolis. But at this point, I think I could see Winston and Love ending up in Indy. Ryan Tannehill, um, this is kind of reliant on where Brady goes, but I think that at this time I'd say he, if Brady goes to New England and stays there, he ends up back in Tennessee. If he doesn't, I see Tannehill either signing with the Bears and challenging Trubisky or ending up um, maybe ending, actually not the Bears. <sighs> this is a tough one. Tannehill's a toughie. <laughs> um, maybe Los Angeles, maybe the Chargers and ending up maybe in the Phillip Rivers role. But I think they're going to draft the quarterback. So maybe Tannehill ends up in Los Angeles. But I think at this time, um, Tampa wouldn't be a bad fit for him either if they decide to go younger rather than invest in Rivers. They invest in Tannehill after one good season. Um, I think at this time, I think he'd stay in Tennessee. But if uh, Brady leaves, I think he would have a couple good suitors and maybe a couple suitors as a bridge quarterback to a youngster, which I think maybe Los Angeles wouldn't be a bad fit then in that case. Um, looking at New England and their quarterback situation, um, so saying hypothetically that Belichick misses out on re-signing Brady and lets him walk, I think that they go after either Jameis Winston or Ryan Tannehill, um, or trade for Andy Dalton. I think Andy Dalton ends up in Chicago, 
um, a little bit of fast pace here, but I think they trade him to Chicago, and it ends up being a Tannehill situation where he competes with Trubisky for the job. But I think that Belichick's going to look for a guy that he can mold. It's going to be somebody younger, I think, that he thinks has a lot of potential. That's why I think Dalton might not be on the table because Dalton is probably going to go somewhere where he can compete for a job right away. I think in New England he's going to have a little trouble working with Belichick and trying to earn his job. Because I think if he was there, I think he'd have to fight against Jared Stidham. But I think that Jameis Winston, um, he'd be a very, very good fit with Belichick. I, I would like to see that from a football perspective, from a Jets perspective, that would probably give me nightmares because I think somehow Belichick would work his magic and make him an elite quarterback. But um, Tannehill could see him being a fit there. But I think the guy that ends up in New England is Marcus Mariota. I think Marcus Mariota is a guy that they probably think is like someone who doesn't hasn't had that opportunity, and I think that the fit in Tennessee's offense wasn't great, and I think that in New England he probably could have a little more success than he had there. Um, obviously Burrow ends up in Cincinnati, but the only hinge on that is if some team blows Cincinnati away with an offer. Um, maybe the Dolphins blow him away with an offer, but I think that they don't. Um, I think Fitzmagic stays in Miami and continues to mold whatever the quarterback choice is there. I think maybe Tua gets the pick there for Miami um, or Herbert. But I think that Teddy Bridgewater ends up um, – he's a guy – this really all hinges on Brady. As I'm talking it out more, I'm getting to see that as well. But I think Bridgewater in Los Angeles wouldn't be a bad fit, but he could end up in Miami as a stopgap if they let Fitzpatrick walk. And there's so many – questions around free agency as I'm talking this out that the real thing it hinges on is where Brady goes so at this time I say Brady stays in New England if he leaves it's Tennessee uh Tannehill I think that he's heading back to Tennessee if Brady leaves he could end up in a number of spots but I don't know exactly where at this time Mariota I think he ends up in New England if Brady leaves if not I think he's going to end up in Chicago or in a spot where he's a backup, like a Seattle, where he's, you know, a reserve guy who is definitely the guy who could be called upon if, God forbid, Russell Wilson or somebody goes down there. Um, I think that Andy Dalton in Chicago would be a very good fit for both sides. Los Angeles, I think that they end up with some kind of stopgap quarterback to a rookie that they'll likely draft, because I don't think they trust Tyrod Taylor all the way to be a stopgap. Maybe they do. But I don't think so. Um, if they miss out on Brady, I think they definitely go younger. Even if they do get him, I think they'd go younger. Uh, as for Tennessee or not Tennessee, Tampa, I think that they get Philip Rivers. Um, a contingency plan would likely be re-signing Winston. Um, and looking at the chart or not the Chargers, the Colts. I think that their Jameis Winston fit is almost too good to be true. But if they don't get him, then it's definitely going to be Jordan Love and probably a stopgap quarterback. A lot of messiness in this quarterback um, market this year, but it all hinges on where the GOAT goes. With that said, we have a phenomenal interview next with Cedric Wilcox, the hard-hitting defensive end from New Mexico State. This man's a beast, and it's an interview you won't want to miss. Yo, what is up? Welcome to Ambitious. My name is Dylan Price. Today's guest is a New Mexico State defensive end. He is now a NFL draft prospect for this year's draft. He was an 
Phil Steele, all-independent second-team recipient this past year, and he now is preparing for, as I previously stated, the NFL Draft. He is the hard-hitting defensive end from New Mexico State, Cedric Wilcox. Welcome to the show. How's it going? Everything's great, man. Just Just happy to be here, man. So thank you for taking the time to come on, and I do want to run through a lot with you. Starting from the beginning, how was your high school experience um, in terms of your football career? Um, it was great. Um, I started off at DeSoto uh, for uh, the beginning of my freshman season, then I uh, ended up transferring to Wilma Hutchins for the rest of my high school years, and it was just an amazing experience, you know, uh, being able to play against some of the top teams, some, uh, some good talent. Now, you end up at New Mexico State. How was the journey from high school to New Mexico State? Uh, it was a little rocky. Uh, didn't have any FBS offers. I had a few FCS offers, but no D1 FBS offers until uh, New Mexico State offered me in around Christmas time, mm-hmm. uh, which was great. Uh, and it turned out, you know, it, it all worked out for the best because uh, I, I experienced some good times at New Mexico State. Now, you, coming out of high school, what kind of um, production did you have in high school? Was it the elite level, or was it more of um, not really given the opportunity to succeed yet? Uh, I felt like I, uh, I put a, a great amount of film up in, in high school. My senior year, I had, uh, had 13 sacks. Wow. Uh, uh, well over 60 tackles, and... Uh, I had a lot of uh, tackles for loss, but I felt like I was just overlooked. You know, I was I was a pretty good sized kid, but I didn't go to many camps and you know stuff like that that, that, that could possibly lead to more exposure. But I felt like I put enough groundwork down, and New Mexico State was the only school that you know was uh, blessed me with uh, opportunity, so I just took advantage of it. Now you end up in New Mexico State. How did? your freshman year kind of go in the sense of adjustment from high school to college and was there a big talent shift in your opinion um it was more so that that was a uh, that was a big talent shift mm-hmm. i would just say more so like in the weight room you know just me not being you know strong enough you know to even give myself a chance to compete my, my freshman year so once i once i got out there for that first camp and i realized that i I noticed I had to I had to redshirt and you know get get my body uh, my my body and myself together so I can even get myself a chance to compete. Now your freshman year, you still did have a sack and thirteen tackles, which was pretty solid for a freshman year and getting adjusted. And mm-hmm. how did you feel ultimately that the freshman year and the adjustment period and everything got you ready for your sophomore season? Uh, it, it was everything. Uh, I had to. Um, really uh changed my my whole mindset my whole mind frame you know in high school you just go with the flow and and in college you know you have to have a routine you have to you have to know when to uh, know the right stuff to put in your body and you know just be smart about what you're doing if you if you really want to take this you know this football thing as far as you think you can go so i just it was just pretty much that and you know uh training harder taking every rep as if as if it was a game rep 
Now, you, your sophomore year, you absolutely lit it up. It was far and away one of your best years in college. Uh, your junior year was great, and your senior year was very good as well. But you had 29 tackles, 8.5 sacks, 3 forced fumbles, 3 pass deflections. You lit it up, Cedric. That was, it sounds like a phenomenal year. How did that year feel to you? And did you feel like your growth that you just talked about was really showing on the field? Yeah, it was it was an amazing year. That year, that was the, the, the same year we uh, we actually won our bowl game. But but that year was was amazing for me because I had always knew what I was capable of, and to actually see it come to fruition, it was it was amazing. And, and it was really it was me, but I really had some uh, a great group of guys around me that year. Dalton uh, Harrison, Terrell Hanks, uh, uh, JV, uh, everybody around me, Roy Lopez. Shane Jack, and, and it was just amazing to, to for us all come together one year, and me being so young, it was, it was all happening so fast. I was, it was crazy, man, but it was it was great to have it happen. Now, as I already alluded to, your junior year was also phenomenal. And you had 39 tackles that year, seven sacks, one forced fumble, and a pass deflection. You had another very good year. And how did you feel, you know, finishing that season, really looking at the fact that you had had a dominant sophomore and junior year? And what had that taught you about a lot of things as well? Um, it was it, it was great. You know, it was it was great to have to have that success. But uh, those years, those years really showed me like uh, it was a big difference. The, the the production was still there, but as a unit, you know, from my sophomore year to my junior, it was a big drop off. So it just those years really just showed me like what it took to win and what it took to be able to compete at a high level. You know, uh, just the type of leader I had to be in and in, 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 in order for our team to succeed. So it was it was always a big learning experience. Now, obviously, through four years of college, you're going to grow in a leadership role. But how do you feel over time you did grow into as a leader? Uh, it, it 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 took some time, but but uh, I feel like that's something that, that that comes with experience. You know, like over time, you know, when you when you first go out there, you, you you're new to everything, and then and then as as time goes on, you okay, I've seen this formation, I've, I've seen what's going on, I can tell my guys what to look for, you know, and and set up striking points and and where to be at, you know, and when that happens, like toward the back end of my of my senior year, you know. You, you have you have a little bit of uh, success as a unit. Now, your senior year, saying it from a scouting perspective, how did you feel? A scout asked you, how do you feel about your senior year? You had 26 tackles and three sacks. Did you feel like what decreased your production and what do you feel kind of went into your senior year as a whole? Um, I had a lot of, a, a lot of moving pieces around me. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, it was a, it was a lot of young guys. You know, they're still adjusting. You know, and everything. We were very young out there, and you know, uh, the our schemes, our schemes could have you know been a little better. We could have prepared a little better. And it was a lot of it was a lot of games we had lost before the game even started. So, but you know, still no excuse. Um, I definitely got to come and play, play a little better. And, you know, I felt like we, we took a step back as a unit, but, you know, all in all, it was still a great experience, you know. It was, I was happy to go out with my guys. Now, you 
just touched on a young unit and also the fact that how many double teams, I'm just out of curiosity, did you feel like you were drawing a lot more double teams because of your production in the past two years in your senior year? Oh, yes, sir, most definitely. And and uh, I lost a, a D-lineman earlier in the season, Roy Lopez, that, you know, me and him really were, were like a tag team. And then when I lost him, I felt like I pretty much got all the attention, like a lot more slide protection my way. Uh, the guard keeping eyes on me anytime I try to make an inside move or even if I try to go outside, they, they, they're they going to have a running back chicken or something. But still, I still have to, you know, be able to adjust and, and make plays. So that's, that's on me as well. Now, looking purely at production, how do you feel, uh, if a scout's looking at your production through college, do you feel confident that that is a teller of your true abilities, or do you feel that there is a lot more you could prove that maybe you didn't prove at New Mexico State that you could prove at the next level? Oh, yeah, there's definitely a lot more. I felt like in, in New Mexico State, um, I wasn't <clears throat> I wasn't used, you know, as, as, as well as I feel like I, I can be, you know. If need be, if I need to stand up off the edge and come off the edge and stand up, I can do that as well. And being a guy that can uh, drop in coverage and, and dropping those flat routes and, you know, have to have to defend the pass, not only rushing the passer, but in coverage as well. I feel like I'm very capable of doing those things if needed, you know, but I know, like, my, my, my strength is rushing the passer. Like, that's really what I want to do. Now, how much, um, however much you're allowed to say, but how much attention have you drawn from the next level in the NFL at this point in time? Uh, I've, I've been contacted by a few teams. Uh, you know, I won't, I won't, I won't speak on those organizations, yes, but I, I, I have had some, uh, some conversations with some, with some uh, From what you have heard from these teams, how do you feel like you are within the draft range, and do you think you... With that said, what round do you think you could be drafted in? Um, I'm hearing on the back end, the, the back end of the draft, you know, from the next uh, to seventh range or priority free agent. But you know, it's it's really my my pro day is gonna be big for me. So you know how how I come out and, and show the scouts how to move and, and test very well. I feel like I can give myself a very good chance at uh, getting drafted. Did you feel that you were snubbed from the NFL Combine? Uh, I do feel like I was overlooked, but um, I'm not going. I'm not going to play that into the equation because I'm, I'm still going to have the same opportunity to do those same drills at my pro day. So you know, I'm, I, I really wasn't uh, that stressed about it. But I do feel like I was overlooked. Now, looking forward to your pro day, when is it, and how much um, training are you currently doing for your pro day? Uh, it's it's on March 10th at uh, New Mexico State, uh, and I'm training. I'm training six days a week. As of right now, you know, trying to prepare and get myself ready to uh, show the scouts what I can do. Now, last year I did talk to a few draft prospects in lead up to the draft, and they did tell me a little bit about the pro day. And the, but one thing I kind of always wondered is, you know, it's kind of crunch time in between the end of your senior year to the pro day, and how do you feel that maybe this is. Do you feel that there is a lot of pressure on your pro day, or are you still going to go out there and do the same thing that you always do and just prove to the um, scouting community and the NFL as a whole that you're ready and you're ready to, to wreck havoc? Yeah, I, I, I take the same approach as, as I would take a, a you know a normal game. You know, mm-hmm. just just proving all the doubt is wrong and just being confident in in your abilities and what you can do. You know, and, and I feel like if, if you're confident in what you can do. And, and 
Now, looking towards the next level, where do you, you mentioned a little bit about your usage at New Mexico State, but do you feel that you'd be best suited as an edge rusher at the next level? Yes, sir. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure that's, that's who I'm going uh, to be asked to play at the next level, just because of my size and my frame. You know, I, I, I fit that, that frame of that edge guy, which is no problem. I've, I, I, I love to, to stand up and rush. As long as I'm rushing the passer, Now, looking towards um, potentially, and I, I, I think just because of the success it's having, that's why I'm incorporating this question a little bit. So, say you, and I do believe you are going to go to the NFL, but if you don't immediately get attention from the NFL, would you consider going to a CFL or an XFL and trying to get the um, opportunity to play there rather than maybe just be on the practice squad of a team? Oh yes, sir. Most definitely. Um, I'm I'm open to to any opportunity to play football, but my main focus right now is is still the NFL. But yeah, I'm 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 just trying to play football. Now, talking about current NFL players or maybe even former NFL players, is there a player or a few players that you looked up to and tried to model your skill set after? Um, I really like um the white friendly. The white friendly is a is, is a very is, is a guy I watch a lot just with his spin move, and I take a lot of pride in my spin move, and I, and I get it from him, you know, and I just see the the the, the attention to detail he takes when he uh, when he makes his moves, the, the little steps and the little hand placements and stuff like that. So I feel like that's a, a very good comparison. Now, as a football player, do you believe you're more of a student of the game, well-studied, or do you believe that you can more rely on your abilities and still put the time in, but kind of rely on your natural-born talent and your work you put in on the field to get you to the next level, or is it a mix of the two? I feel like it's, it's, it goes both ways. You know, uh, uh, I would say I'm, I'm like 50-50 with that, you know. Um, I take my time, you know, and I look over each opponent, you know, what personnel group they like to, you know, run and pass out of, you know, where they try to lean more towards and uh, what area of the field, you know, things of that nature. But I also, you know, take pride in, you know, what I do in the off season, you know, uh, with, the, with the workouts and the different movements and the stuff, the stuff I do to get prepared for the, for the year two. So it can go both ways. Now, looking at some of the showcases and whatever else you've done so far um, to perform for some scouts and stuff, how do you feel that has propelled you and do your performances there um, feel like they have been good at this point in time? Uh, yeah, uh, I participated in a college gridiron showcase, and it was a great opportunity mm-hmm. for me to get in front of uh, a few organizations and talk to a few organizations that, you know, didn't didn't have me on their radar, so it was just an amazing experience. I felt like I played up the bar with, with my competition. Now, looking forward to um, some, I guess, scenarios you may see in the NFL, are you ready to say a team maybe isn't in the market for an edge rusher but believes you could be in a situation you were in at New Mexico State, do you think you could be able to handle a situation like you were in at New Mexico State where you may be used in different packages, maybe not just as an edge rusher where you have proved and believe you will have success? Will you be willing to, you know, drop into coverage in situations and play different roles? Of, of 
course. I'm mm-hmm. I'm I'm more than willing to to do any of anything that needs to be done for the team's success. You know, I'm, I don't want to just limit myself to pass rushing, even mm-hmm. though I know like that's that's my best asset. You know, I, whatever the team needs, you know, I'm I'm more than willing to go out there and do. Now, looking at, I noted it already, but your production. And how do you feel that going about maybe from a coaching standpoint, do you feel like your coaches, you've mentioned a little bit already, but do you feel like they got the most out of you? And if not, was there any um, adjustment period in trying to fit into that role that maybe played into production factors as well? I had I had pretty good um my my, my position coach was, was very solid on the on the technique I had you know um but it's starting starting in, in college I played defensive tackle mm-hmm. and I had to, I had to move out to defensive end my my sophomore year when the when the production made a, a big jump so my adjustment out there Coach Mumford was was very was was very good with that you know. But I feel like our scheme, you know, I wasn't, I didn't, I didn't play with a lot of freedom mm-hmm. um, to, to really, to really do what I wanted to do. You know, I had to, I had to stay in the, with, within a certain, you know, frame of the defense, which is, which is no problem. But I feel like that's, that had a lot to do with my production as well. Is there an ideal situation, whether it be geographically, a coaching, even a scheme scenario with a, um, team that you feel like you would love to play for obviously you sound dedicated and would love to play anywhere but is there any team that stands above the rest um yeah obviously like you said i'd, I'd love to play anywhere mm-hmm. but if i just had to you know pick one one team to play for it would probably be back at home in dallas i love it for Calvary. now looking ahead to the draft a little more if um, if you do have the privilege to go to a mini camp and kind of prove some of that stuff, which it seems like you're definitely going to, um, how do you feel you're going to be able to? You've noted your edge rushing ability and your other abilities and your versatility as well. But how do you feel? What's going to separate you from the pack? Like, is it your hard working, your dedication, which you sound very dedicated to the game? But what do you think will separate you? I feel like I feel like. It'll be a little bit of everything. It'll it'll mm-hmm. be me me being in the film room longer and and, and be uh, out working my competition as well. But I feel like um, I feel like nobody possesses the, the 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 athleticism I have in my size. You know, I feel like a lot of people don't know like actually like how tall I am. Like I'm 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 a very long you know tall guy, and I feel like I can fit in a lot of different schemes, and I'm very versatile. So that's a lot of I feel like I can Now off the field, who is Cedric Wilcox? A uh, real reserved, you know, laid back guy. You know, I don't really, I don't really be into a lot of stuff. I'm not kind of, kind of, you know, just walk my own path. If you could say that, you know, I just try to stay out the way. Very laid back, chill, mm-hmm. very humorous. <laughs> uh, I like playing the game and stuff, and you know, I, I really enjoy watching sports, mainly basketball. Uh, is there a favorite team you have in basketball and football? Uh, I'm, I'm always going to root for the hometown team, so it's going to be the Mavericks and the Cowboys. 
And if um, I heard a couple rumblings of this, especially in the NFL Draft Diamonds Q&A you did, but if NFL doesn't work out and football doesn't work out, is there maybe a talk show host or media role in your future, do you believe? Now, outside of, you mentioned your love for sports, not even just football, but outside of football, what do you like to do? Um, I, I, I like basketball, too. Like, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm very, I'm uh, very into basketball. Like, even though, you know, I played, I played football growing up, I also played basketball in high school and middle school and as, as well as in my childhood years, so. Was there ever any part of your life that you thought maybe basketball would be the route, not football? Not really, because my my dad made sure to put the football in my hand as soon as possible, so football was always my first love. What did, this is a bit of a bigger question, but what did your time at New Mexico State teach you? Maybe the biggest lesson you could draw from New Mexico State. Um, just, you know, just patience, you know, just you know, just sticking with it, you know, even when times, you know, don't 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 look as good or times look bad, you know, it's it's your time is coming. You know, whatever it may be, you know, because there was plenty of times where I was I was down and out, you know, feeling bad, but I just knew good times were gonna come. You know, you have to stay patient, put your head down and you know, look for it. Off the field, who has had the biggest impact on your career? Um, I would have to say definitely my parents. Um, my parents have had the biggest impact. They they keep me going every day. You know, they they always do. You know, your parents always gonna give you the best interest at heart. So they always you know looked out for me. You know, make sure I didn't want anything. So I would just have to go with them. And on the field, who has had the biggest impact to your career? Uh, I would. Aside from football, as you mentioned, Dwight Freeney, but is there an athlete outside of football that you admire's mentality similar to um, Freeney or just in general? Um, if just just mentality wise, um, I would definitely have to say like uh, LeBron James is a, mm-hmm. a very big uh, is, a, is a very big in, in my mind. You know, the, just the things he does in his community. Even recently, he's given that that one class he had that was in his school. Uh, the whole the whole class, uh, a four year uh, tuition paid to Kent State. Mm-hmm. I'm like, man, it's just stuff like that. Being able to do stuff like that to your community, I strive to you know one day be able to do that. Now you just mentioned the striving for making a difference in your community. Um, is that something that 
obviously football is a passion in your life and you also said you know media maybe sports media is something you love as well but is making a difference you know in your community a big aspect of something you'd like to do with a expanded role and a lot of people looking up to you at the next level yeah yes sir that's that's, mm-hmm. that's really one of the main goals of everything i'm doing to be able to you know come back come back to my community or you know where i went to high school at in that area you know all my people out there you know just be able to help you know if i could if i can just help change one or two kids by this Now, Cedric, this is one of a little bit of a rapid-fire thing that I do with a lot of the NFL draft prospects that have come on here in the past year or so. But I want to just kind of say a skill, and out of five, give me your rating, I guess, on that. So does that sound good? Okay, sounds good. So starting with your edge rushing ability. Five. Versatility. Football IQ. Four. Your leadership ability. Four. Tackling ability. Three. Coverage ability. Four. And overall dedication to the game. Five. And is there anything maybe I didn't mention that you believe also um, sets you apart from the pack? Now, my final question for you, and it is a big one, is when it's all said and done, and you've touched on this a little bit throughout the interview already, but what is the legacy that you, Cedric Wilcots, want to leave? Uh, I just want to be somebody that, that, you know, that always gave his all, you know, what, what, whatever adversity came, you know, I always overcame it, you know, whatever inspiration you need, you know, just, I want to be that guy that, that, that took everything on, you know, the right way, did everything the right way, the correct way, you know, with, without any faults or anything, you know, nothing in between it, you know, mm-hmm. just a guy that, that was a straight up, stand up guy. And I cannot thank you enough for taking the time to come on. And you do have a standing invite. Obviously, you're dedicated to football right now to come on and help me co-host if you ever like to and get some experience in the sports media world. But um, it was absolutely a privilege to talk to you. And I can't wait to see what you do at the next level. And I wish you nothing but the best of luck, man. And I do think you're going to have a lot of success. Um, So before we close out, the floor is yours to plug your social medias, um, whatever you want to say before we close out. Thank you for, for you know just giving me the opportunity, the, the platform to even uh, you know say my say my story and you know my, my come up. So I just want to thank you, and you know you can follow me on Instagram or, or Twitter at Cedric D E D R I C Wilcox L C L C S ten one zero. Just all those together, no no spaces. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you again, Cedric, Wood, or Cedric Wilcox, for taking the time to come on and wish him the best of luck as he takes on the NFL draft prospect or process and gets ready for the next level. Yes, sir. Thank you. It was an absolute pleasure to have Cedric Wilcox on the show. I wish him nothing but the best of luck in the NFL draft process and his impending professional football career. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, give us a good rating on the Apple Podcasts. 
um, store or Google Play, whatever you listen to podcasts, listen to us more. Give us a good rating. Stay tuned for more NFL draft content in the coming weeks. We have a number of interviews that are really exciting with some talented players. We have a couple really good interviews coming up with some other guys as well. Um, not even just NFL athletes or football athletes. Some really interesting conversations coming up in the next months. Um, phenomenal content coming your way in the way of Ambitious. Reminder, you can follow us on Instagram at Ambitious Podcast, Twitter at Ambitious with DP. And we have merch, DM me on at Ambitious Podcast on Instagram if you would like some. 27 bucks for a hoodie and 18 kahunas for a t-shirt. Have a wonderful week, Ambitious listeners, and reminder to tune back in next week.